Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kim Cusack, and I have a very talented guest that I am super stoked to welcome. This artist has just recently celebrated her 30-year music career and has released over 17 albums and was a big part of the Dutch girl group, Centerfold. And I am pleased and honored to welcome to the show Laura Fiji from Amsterdam. How are you, Laura? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I am doing well, and I am so pumped up to learn more about you and your very amazing music career. And you've released albums in various different languages, and I can't wait to talk about that and much more. I will tell you all about it in the next hour. Actually, you're the first guest of the new year. <laughs> Been following your career for a while. First heard about you when you were in um, Centerfold. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually um, uh, knew Centerfold? Because I guess you're too young for that. <laughs> a little bit. I still have a baby face, but uh, <laughs> that'll be 36 on monday oh, well i think centerfold is even older than you are <laughs> yeah very much so yeah almost the beginning of my career i i was in other groups before that but um centerfold was was actually the launch and thanks to centerfold i have a solo career that was sort of you know discovered during centerfold you want to hear the story yeah uh well it, it was actually during during centerfold that we were in Switzerland and doing a show over there. And then afterwards, my, our manager and I went back to the hotel and there was this jazz trio playing. And I asked the pianist, well, can you play all of me in G? And when I went back to the bar, our manager said, I didn't know you could sing this and that you, that you liked it. I said, well, yeah, I was brought up with it. I love this music. And then he said, if I ever get into the position where I can actually uh, start your career with this music, I will. And when Centerfold fell apart, in the meantime, he became A&R manager at Universal Music. So I called him. I said, hey, guy, remember what you promised? <laughs> and so it started in 1990. Wow. Thanks to Centerfold. And your solo career is amazing. And you have recorded albums in various different languages, including Chinese Mandarin. And what was that experience like to record in Mandarin and to learn the language? I never learned the language because I, I don't speak a word of Chinese, of course. But um, uh, I had recorded in 2000 uh, the, the album The Latin Touch. And one of the songs had been sung in Chinese by a Chinese artist, a very, very, very uh, well-known singer in China. And they asked me to sing that same song in Chinese. So that was actually the very first time I sang in Mandarin. And I loved it to that point that even now when I go to China, which is still my biggest market, they ask me, please uh, sing sing your, your Chinese song. It's never been mine, but... <laughs> Okay, I will. And afterwards, of course, there were Chinese record companies that would want to record with me. And 
I actually did a whole Chinese album with originally Chinese songs. Uh, some of them were um, translated in English, but most of them were in, in, in Mandarin. And it was pretty hard because uh, there's no reference to our alphabet or anything. There is no recognition and you have to curl your tongue and you have to, uh, I don't know, st do strange things with your mouth. <laughs> but apparently I did it very well. So they loved it. Wow. Very impressive. <laughs> well, I, I love languages. As you know, you know, I, I sing in different languages like you know, English, Portuguese, Spanish, French. And I love them. And, and Chinese, they're very beautiful songs. They're very old songs, though, but we renewed them and we remastered and re rearranged everything into my, my style, which became almost the Laura Fiji songs. I really love them. I love how you put like your own Laura Fiji twist on each song. Yeah, because, well, the most I think the most important thing for me is to understand what the story is about, because they might say I'm a jazz singer. I don't feel like a jazz singer. I feel more like a storyteller, you know, like every every song is a story. And I choose a song because of that story. It has to relate to me. It has to um, bring up memories or I just I don't sing just any song. It, the story has to do has to do something for me. And so um, I think that's the reason why I sing it that way. What do you love most about performing? The adrenaline that goes through my body, the uh, joy that I bring to the audience and I can see that. Usually in the theater, you can only see the first three or four rows, so I can't see further into the hall, but I can see that they're so enjoying it. You see, I'm, I'm not just a performer as a pure, pure singer. I entertain, because otherwise I get really bored <laughs> just <laughs> singing one song after the other. I really need to have interaction with my audience with my band with something has to happen i want the, the people to go home with a feeling like i've seen so much more of her not only i've heard her voice because if nothing happens they might as well stay home and put on a cd or listen to spotify or whatever nowadays happens i need to enjoy myself first of all because if i enjoy myself I know the audience does too. And they go home with a satisfied feeling. And so do I then at that moment, of course. And of course, every audience is a bit different. Sometimes you have to work a little harder than another audience, but it always happens for me. And when I've done that, I have a satisfied feeling. I'm, you know, like, wow. And then all of a sudden you're terribly tired <laughs> because you know all the the adrenaline goes down and then you like you've been working which i haven't had the feeling that i have been working i haven't been enjoying myself and i gave everything of myself so that's the kind of of singer i am and more an entertainer and a storyteller so you've toured all over the world that's terrible which is crazy because yeah oh i'm going to tell you something you know 
there's this company, it's called the Sena. Sena is for the um, performing art, artist, right? Mm -hmm. And they check around the whole world where uh, radio uh, has been playing your songs and everything. And you know which country plays most of my songs? Which country? The USA. Really? Yeah, so I don't understand why I've never been there. <laughs> You've never been to the USA? No, I never performed there. Uh, I, I did I did come to the USA. It was in, must have been 99 or something. Yeah, I, I did a show here in Holland in, a, in the Royal Theatre Carey, and which I produced myself. And I had the Metropole Orchestra, which is an 80-piece orchestra, and I had Michel Legrand as my guest conductor. And so I recorded all that and I filmed it and it, there was a DVD made. And with that DVD, I went to PBS in America and did about 10 of them at the East Coast. Well, didn't do very much because I, I, I was supposed to stay there and I, I wanted to go home because I've got little children, right? So. That's the only time I actually were, was in the States <laughs> to do that. But I never performed there, but most of my listeners are there. Yeah. Actually, you are in Florida. Where, where are you? I'm in the Pensacola area, the Panhandle. You have family in Florida? Family in Florida, in Miami. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been there quite often, but... Uh, not for performing. I used to live in West Palm Beach, which is not too far from Miami. Yeah, Florida's a nice state. It is. Anyway, so now you know most listeners are in the States. It's pretty impressive. And also last night I was checking Amazon and most of your CDs and albums are sold out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And very expensive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that that's okay well a lot of them are sold out here as well and um as long as they don't order because you know they, they don't have any more record shops here that would order cds and things like that you know the selling of cds is really going down and down and so my next album will come out on, on february 14th on valentine's day and it'll be vinyl. Nice. And vinyl is making a fantastic comeback. Absolutely. So we decided it'll be vinyl. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Tell us more about your upcoming vinyl release. Uh, actually, it was, I recorded this one in China. Uh, it was arranged by my band here. And I recorded it in Shanghai with the well-known Asian musicians like Jeremy Monteiro came from Singapore, uh, Eugene Powell came from Hong Kong, there was a London lady flute player came from Taiwan. Anyway, they, they were all coming to Shanghai and we went to the studio in Shanghai and recorded this. This was already two years ago, just before the whole COVID. So anyway, so, so, so it, it, was, it was released over there and never came out here. So then they put it on Spotify, but it was never released as an album here. So now we decided, let's press it here and release it worldwide. And it's called Laura Goes East. 
<laughs> I went east. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got all, you know, all well-known songs as, as, as uh, Blue Moon and What a Wonderful World and Moon, Moon River. And it's really nice. And I got one duet. Oh, my God. I got one duet with a, with a Chinese singer. And it's his song. And it's in Chinese. And it's that was really because most of the Chinese songs are really ballads and, you know, very touchy and that's okay for me, but this one is very fast. So I almost broke my thumb, <laughs> but it's a nice song. It's a beautiful song. Awesome. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. What have you been doing through all these years, the last years where you're locked up and everything? Yeah, that is a very good question. Last year I traveled a bit. I was actually working another job and then everything shut down. Is that when you started your podcasts? Or, no, or I started the podcast way before COVID, a couple years before COVID actually started. Right. Before I started the podcast, I was a radio DJ in college. And then I graduated and I was like, you know, there's so many great music from a lot of super talented artists that nobody knows about. And it's yeah. sad because, you know, it's a lot better than the stuff that is on the mainstream radio. Oh God. Yes. Oh, I, I never listened to radio. It's, it's really, it's depressing and it's, it's always the same. They sound the same. They have two chords in a song and the songwriter, the singer songwriters, and they will start to say, I, there's one thing I can't stand. I'm sorry. I have to say that. But this, this ad lib thing, like 300 notes in one sentence, that drives mm -hmm. me nuts. Uh, I can't stand that. So, no, I don't just start the, the podcast radio. because, you know, I have to get the word out there on these wonderful, talented artists and, you know, have their music be heard. It's very popular in about 75 different countries. Wow. Good. Good. Yeah. And just recently reached over 3,000 downloads. Got about 500 artists that have reached out to me who want to be guests on the show. So you've got a busy program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got something to do for the next few years. Oh, yeah. Hooray for COVID. <laughs> During COVID, I started up the social media pages for the podcast and before i did the social media it was just like kind of like word of mouth type thing and not really doing that much promotion and then i was like you know i need to do social media i need to do like twitter instagram facebook and once i did that the numbers just went up and i'm getting artists from serbia russia even turkey wow and uh, you're actually the first Dutch, Dutch artist that is on hitting the high note. <laughs> what about these these other artists? Do they are they being played on 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 uh, American radio or? Some are, and uh, a lot of it is like American, like independent radio stations. Mm -hmm. I realized that during this whole COVID period last few years you you can sit on the couch and wait for it to come and it won't so you have to be creative yourself and uh, so I've, I've thought you know what I'd like to write a book so I started with a writer and uh, I started with my biography 
and then I got it and then it was it was like a report. It, it was not what I meant. So I start to write it myself. And it will be a coffee table book with 300 pictures in it with great stories and anecdotes and from my life, my career and everything. So it'll be released in November. So you see, you have to be creative and be productive um, and keep on going because Work doesn't come to you anymore these days. You have to find your work. Yes, you brought up a good point. You just have to get yourself out there and work hard because nothing's going to come to you if you don't do anything. Social media is absolutely very important. You know, I've come to an age where this social media is a bit not my thing. (laughs) right I've always thought that I was born too late I I would have loved to be born earlier in the roaring 20s or something that will be more my style I love that Uh, but I have two big children who know exactly how these things work so I've put them to work I said listen you're going to do you're going to do my Instagram you're going to do my Facebook. You're going to do my website. You're going to do <laughs> I'm delegating. That's all I do. Um, so I, I understand very good. I've realized that it's really, really important because that's how you reach your, your people, your, your fans and everything. Um, and I do have contact with my fans, of course, and I answer everything. I find it a bit cold. <laughs> I am the generation of writing letters and telephoning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my generation. It's already great that we can do this. I can see you at least and 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 talk to you. Uh, but all this mailing and waiting for an answer and it's yeah, you can't help it. It's it's the era. That is true. And a lot of people nowadays don't even like to talk on the phone. I'm like, what's the matter with you? You you know, that's a great way of communication. They don't and know how. They don't know how. It's all like tech stuff. And it's like, no, you got to like pick up the phone and call somebody. Right. Yeah. Or they're there with their iPhones. I'll tell you, I don't have an iPhone. I don't have a smartphone because I don't want to be one of like that. It's great information, of course, and you can find anything on it. But um, it, it cuts off all communication with people. It's no good. I'll just keep on talking. And I could talk on the phone for hours and I get tired of it. Of course, of course. Because if somebody says something, you can reply on that immediately and ask another question about that same thing. And texting is, yeah, it's a different thing. You can never hear the tone of, of the text, right? Exactly. You can write something really funny and to others it's it's like an attack mm-hmm. right yeah they'll take it the wrong way and exactly that's yeah. just what happens and it's such a shame it no is need to. no need to no no oh, yeah. oh well can't help it you've um lived an interesting life home country is the netherlands holland and you were raised in uruguay yes i i was born here actually i was i was produced in egypt <laughs> and released in Holland. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> My mother is, was an Egyptian and she was a belly dancer. 
in Egypt. And my father was stationed over there for the Phillips company. And one night he went to a club and he saw her dancing and he fell in love. And that's how it started. So he, he was there for a while and uh, um, he got married. And about 10 years later, I arrived. So they practiced for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> But my father wanted, to, wanted me to be born in Holland. He was Dutch, right? And um, so he, uh, just before she went into labor, my, my father put my mother on a boat to Holland and so I was born here. But at, at, at four, when I was four, my father was stationed in Uruguay, South America. So we emigrated there. And that's where I spend some time, my youth, until my father uh, passed away there. So we went back to Holland because in the meantime, you know, my mother was a Dutch and I was Dutch. So we came to Holland and that's where we stayed. Yeah. And I believe that the, the Uruguay <clears throat> was a huge influence on, on the music I sing. Also, you know, my parents were crazy about jazz music like the crooners and and Ella Fitzgerald and and my mother used to love the French chansons and and Michel Legrand so everything you, I record is always a part of of my youth right of, of what I know of what I've been brought up with and um, my French uh, we spoke French at home I speak fluently French so that's why I had to record a French song, French album. Uh, living in Uruguay, you would hear on the radio also Brazilian music. So the influences were already there when I was a child. And uh, I projected all that music on my albums. Yeah, and all your albums are fantastic. Just anything you sing is wonderful. And it's like you could sing the phone book. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, You're welcome. I enjoy it very much. You know, I never learned to sing, right? And I was never uh, trained. I never went to school. I never had singing lessons or I don't read notes. I don't read music. I just listen and love it and do it. And you do a fantastic job at it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. You're and yeah, you mentioned your mother was an Egyptian belly dancer and my girlfriend's actually a belly dancer. Really? Yeah. Is she from Egypt? Where's she from? No, she's actually from the States. She lives in Arizona right now. Wow. So are there any performances right now at the States or is everything closed? Well, yeah, there's actually performances going on. Everything is... Everything's starting back up. I mean, there are some concert tours that are getting postponed until who knows when. There's been concert tours that have been canceled and pushed back like by a year or two. But yeah, now it's not too bad. Florida is a whole different ball game. Um, there's like not a whole lot of like requirements in Florida. Like masks are optional. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> How is it over there in Holland? Oh, it's disastrous. I mean, this new uh, COVID thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Omicron. Omicron. 
Yeah. Now it's that. I don't know. I don't have any words for it. It's it's a mess. It is. So again, all the restaurants and all the bars and all the theaters and all the shops are closed. Completely. Down again. The third time. I mean, but I'm okay. I got my 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 vaccine and I got my booster and I got my I got everything. <laughs> I'm okay here. Third lockdown. That is horrible. In Florida, everything is open. Like you could go to the beach, no problem. Um you hear go that? shopping. You hear that, Jack? My husband is on the couch. In Florida, everything is open. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you can go to the beach. Why are you waiting? Right. We should come. You should come. Definitely. Should come. Yeah. And uh what's really cool is next month there's actually a pop culture festival going on with a lot of people from Star Wars and Star Trek. And even the TV show Happy Days. Yeah. The Fonz. Hopefully he's gonna be there, but the guy who played Ralph Mouth and the guy who played Potsy are also gonna be there. <laughs> Donnie Most, the guy who played Ralph Mouth on Happy Days, is actually a singer, and he released a jazz album. Really? Yeah. Uh, is he going to perform there? I have no idea. He's going to do autograph signing and pictures and all that, and hopefully he's going to perform there. But trying to get him on the show, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's also a lot of actors, a lot of musicians that are going to be there. Wow. And it's three days. Where is that? It's in Pensacola, Florida, and the Panhandle. Well, I hope yeah. one day everything here will be back to normal. But as you say, you know, everything has been postponed and um, set to another date. I had, I had a few shows that has been set to another day four times already. <laughs> I never get to sing. Yeah. Am I a singer? Yes, I'm a singer, <laughs> but I don't sing. <laughs> With uh, the whole lockdown and COVID stuff going on right now, a lot of artists are doing live streams, like live stream performances. Yes, I did that too a few times. I was standing in in a theater, but no people in it, which is the most stupid performance I ever realized. Uh, uh, you know, like there's no nobody applauding, there's no reaction at all. You just have to keep on talking in between the songs, otherwise it'll be like a bomb had just been dropped or something. It's it's most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You just have to make the most of it. Just have to, you know, try your best. That's true. That's true. You're right. It's really crazy in the States for a while, like early on when everything was shut down and sports were coming back. There were no fans in the stands and it was all cardboard cutouts of fans. Fans could send in their pictures and they'll do a cardboard cutout of the fan and put it in the stands. And with like football, they had fake audio, like fake crowd audio in the broadcast. And I was like, really? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify, I, I check, you know, how many listeners and things like that. Then people are actually active. 
you know, really active and listening to things and music. And did you realize that one song was hit more than 31 million times? Yes, I saw that the other night and I was like, wow, I was very amazed. impressive. I didn't know. I didn't breathe. I didn't realize. Incredible. Which is, you know, in, in my kind of music, huge. Oh, I yeah. mean, okay, Metallica would, would reach, I don't know how many millions more, but, you know, in, in my kind of music, which is, um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Yeah. Your rendition of Moon River is fantastic. And so is Eternal Flame, which is one of my all-time favorite 80s songs by the Bengals. Bengals, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that was an album full of pop songs that I um, I sort of gave it a Laura Fiji twist. Yeah, because you can, you actually, you can turn every song into another style, right? Mm-hmm. So many songs that I've my Christmas album is more Brazilian sound. I noticed that. It has bossa and, you know, you can do anything with with songs. That's so great about it. Yeah. What amazes me about the States is like actors or musicians, they always have so many other talents right Mm -hmm. so actors they sing or they paint or they dance when i watch a movie you know like you never think that this actor could sing and then all of a sudden wow yeah that's really amazing they they are so talented in so many things at the same time (laughs) yeah that is very true and what's interesting is that festival that's going to be coming up next month there are actors who have also done like voice acting and also play instruments and sing i've done voice acting really yeah on disney movies that were translated in dutch no so way they that's did awesome. dutch voices like uh, madagascar how do you call it Madagascar. yeah, yeah. I was the mother of Alex. <laughs> yeah, I did some voices, of course. Uh-huh. But, you know, here they they, they um, translate everything in Dutch. And uh, so they have Dutch actors and actresses and singers that do the voices. <laughs> Funny. What was that experience that. like? That was really funny because, you know, you get, they, they let you hear first how it, the English sentence, right? And then, uh, you know, it, it started at one point, a time, and it ends at that time. And you have to listen to the intonation of the voice because they want you to do about the same, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh it has to be synchronized with lips. So, you know, you have to look at it first and then you do it. And sometimes you have to redo it again, but it, it's fun. It's really crazy. And then afterwards you hear the whole thing and you're like, wow, <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit tricky sometimes though. But um, also with, with sounds, you know, like 
Hmm. 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 Oh, you know, those things. And it has to sound like the original, but they're really listening to, they're really like, you know, I'm a perfect mother. You know, I couldn't be a young girl or something. So I have the voice of this mother suing and, you know, oh, yes, darling, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. Alex, come on. You know, it's like a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're really looking for the right people to do the right things. So there's some French thing, which was translated in Dutch. Three little pigs. You know, with a wolf and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I also did something with a witch, which was that. Was, I love that one. I'm a real great witch. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I love that. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> <laughs> very impressive. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Which voice was very spot on, too. Yeah, it was good, eh? Yeah. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it was really, really nice to do those things. And you, you actually do that for almost for fun because it, it changes. It gives another... Uh, dimension to your career you know like, wow I can do that too <laughs> it's, it's yeah you have to see this as a fun thing to do absolutely was it hard no, doing it's just voice sometimes acting. tricky to get into the the you know the synchronization uh, which is hard is because of it's translated in Dutch and it will never be the same They've tried, of course, to find the words that will fit with the, the expression of the face or the mouth. Um, so if, if someone says an ah, they had to find a word with I. And so because your mouth is open and uh, which, which was fun. It was fun to do. They, they did a really good job, you know, translating it. It's, it's very hard because the Dutch language, a sentence in Dutch is always longer than a translation in English. We, we need more words to express the same things in English. So try to press all these, <laughs> these, these words together to fit in that piece. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, my book, I, I wrote it in Dutch, but it's going to be it's it's going to be released in English only, not in Dutch. But I need to write it in Dutch. So there's this Canadian um, singer who lives in Holland for the last 40 years. And he's a performer and he's got a lot of great sense of humor and he knows our ways of saying. Right. Uh, so he, he is the perfect per person to have it translated in the way an American or a Canadian would say, sort of a, a tour manager or whatever, sits next to the driver. And you have to drive from one city to another. And then I asked the guy, so, so, so how long does it take? And then he starts to speak Chinese to the driver. And it takes ages. And then, and then I said, so what did he say? 
oh, another 20 minutes. I said, why did it take 10 minutes to give you that answer? Well, apparently in Chinese, you cannot go, or in Japan it was, you cannot go and straight into that question. It's politer to go all the way around until you finally find the time to actually ask the questions, how long will it take? So you see, every culture has a different way of talking. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. And even Spanish, like, is the same way. You know, a lot of words for a couple words in English. But yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then you have the Spanish in Spain and you have Mexican in South America. And they all sound differently because the Spanish in Spanish, is, it's like a, a, a gun. <laughs> you know, and the Spanish in South America is so much softer and it has like a melody and 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 uh, they're the same words, but still it's so much different. Um, it's nice, nice to know all these different countries and different yeah, way of, of speaking. And yeah, I love it. Now you've starred in your favorite musical, Victor Victoria. What was that yeah. experience like? That was fantastic. You know, I, I, I've had many requests for musicals, especially here in Holland, actually only in Holland. The only thing is um, every musical has been translated into Dutch, which loses a bit of the intensity of the musical. Not only that, to tell you the truth, I pers personally, and I'm Dutch, don't think that Dutch is a nice language. It's not a beautiful language. Actually, I always say it's a throat disease, but you know, okay, so, <laughs> yeah. um, and then translating musicals into Dutch is not my thing. So every time I would say, ah, oh, no, thank you. No, no, no. Then I got this offer from Singapore from a Singaporean lady, she's a promoter and, and uh, artistic director. And she was putting up Victor Victoria in Singapore with huge orchestra. It was really like the, the, the Broadway production, wonderful. And then I said, yes, I'll do this. You see, I only do things in life once. So once I need to do the, a musical, this is my favorite one with beautiful Henry Mancini music and wonderful dialogues, but also funny. And this was really great. I loved also the, when, when uh, uh, Julie Andrews did it and uh, I said, okay, let me do this. I can do this. I thought I can, oh, it's a piece of cake, piece of cake. Well, it wasn't a piece of cake. I can tell you because you have to sing, dance, talk everything at the same time. I was exhausted. <laughs> so I will never do it again. I would, I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't miss it for the world, but I will never do it again. And this was my favorite. So why should I do it again? It's true. So, and, but I loved it. It was really, it was a huge cast and, you know, like costumes, the decor. It was amazing how they did it amazing and i was victor and victoria yeah i had to run for you know like i was dressed up like victor but then i had to be victoria so i would run actually 90 percent 
of the time of the whole musical, I was running up and down <laughs> the stage to the dressing room to be Victoria again, to be Victor again. <laughs> so it was exhausted. Only, only those runs up and down. Well, it was really nice. It was really nice. Yeah. I still have a lot of contact with them. And uh, if I go to Singapore, I always contact them and yeah, join them again. It was really nice. Great to do. Great to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that there's a law involved in doing musicals. And, you know, people think, oh, you can just get up and do it. No, like there's lots of rehearsals. And I was in a musical during high school. I was in uh, South Pacific. It was uh, very time consuming. Very time consuming. She, the, the, the artistic director came to Holland for a whole month to coach me. And we, that was in August and the month of September and October, I was in Singapore just for rehearsals. And November, finally, we went on stage. And as it is a very small country, after a month, it was done. Can you imagine? Just one month. All that work for just one month. Wow. One month. And I'm not a girl that rehearses a lot. Actually, I never rehearse. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really long. <laughs> I usually I know I know my songs. I send the parts to the band. Uh, we get together and you know it's not really a rehearsal. We start a song, the beginning and the end, and or I say just a little faster. So I got great musicians everywhere, so I don't need to worry about that. But I'm not into much rehearsals. Jazz diva, do you consider yourself a diva? Not at all. I'm. A diva on stage, maybe, but I don't act like a diva. I mean, I'm not a uh, I'm quite down to earth, and uh, at home I'm totally myself, and uh, no, not really feeling like a diva. Pretty much average. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, not at all. I don't act like a diva, or so I'm just a housewife and a and a and a wife and a mother and i do my daily things like my grocery shopping and the and the cooking and the cleaning <laughs> just the housewife <laughs> <laughs> who happens to sing yeah but i did get some names in asia so oh, yeah? and uh, the, uh, wait a minute what was it the queen of jazz um the lady of jazz, the queen of jazz. Oh, the goddess of jazz. How is that Ooh. for a name? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the yeah goddess that's of jazz. Big time. Yeah. So these are names that have been giving, have been given to in Asia, in different countries. Yeah. You know, you if you go to Asia, they expect a diva to come. And then I, you know, I I the flights is usually like 13, 15 hours and you're sort of exhausted when you arrive. <laughs> I never wear makeup, right? <laughs> In the plane. So when we come out with all our luggages and my manager and everything, there's always someone with this thing with my name on it, right? I was so tired that I would just go outside and, and wait there. And, I, well, <laughs> you know, and then they would say to my manager, where's Miss Fiji? 
well, she just passed you. So can you imagine what kind of diva I am? <laughs> I don't look like one. <laughs> She's outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those flights are okay. You know, we um, always fly business class, so it's quite comfortable. And uh, we've been really taken care of, you know, with cars and everything. And it's really quite glamorous. Yeah, very nice. But then it's also great to be back home, right? It's like, and as I said, we did try to break through in the States. And I have a lot of listeners and a lot of fans in the States, but I never got to get there because to be able to be well known in the States, if, right, you need to be there for a while. You need to be there. You cannot conquer the stage in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And my children were small. And that was one thing I never wanted to be away longer than two weeks. So I don't regret it at all, you know, because that is my choice. Number one was my family. And somewhere down there is my career, to tell you the truth, right? So that is also a reason why it never really happened in the States. I didn't give it a chance because I wanted to be here with my kids. And I'm so glad I did because I, I produced three kids and I really wanted to be there with everything that happened. Their first tooth, their first step, their first word. I didn't want to miss anything and being away from home too long is missing a lot. So that's the reason why I guess that I didn't make the effort uh, in staying at the States and hopping from one radio station to another and promoting yourself and didn't want to do that. Yeah, because you would miss out on life and so many important steps in you know your family it is my family and we have a great family of course the children are big now they're all out of the house husband and i are you know left behind which it should be it's very natural and we've been together for almost 32 years so i must have done something right yeah and congrats on that i must have done something right and to choose well to make a good choice it's all about balance i always thought in my life it, it career shouldn't be there and private life shouldn't be it it should be in a balance mm -hmm. and you can if you can say no to some things and more yes to others then you you have a better balance in your life enjoy both worlds your private and your career definitely I agree. And now we're in a new year, 2022. And do you have any goals for this year? Well, I have, I have, of course, a few projects. And one is, you know, now releasing the final album, Laura Goes East. End of the year, I will be releasing my book. But I also will be recording a new album here in Holland, 
also for a Chinese record company, which will be also here in the rest of the world, I guess. But I still have so many things that I can do. We're also preparing documentary. So we're filming for a couple of years now, we've been filming and uh, everything I've been doing. Of course, the last few years wasn't very much because I haven't been doing very much, but you know, we will be keep on every step I do, I make, we will be filming and eventually we will make it into a very nice documentary, which we hopefully can sell to Netflix. That'd be good. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. But um, I just keep myself busy. I like that. Yeah. I'm not a sit down person. I just want to do things, experience things, you know, find new things to do. Yeah. So there's enough to do. Um, and the, the name of the book will be 30 years and counting. 30 years is because actually last year was my 30 years anniversary. But because of the COVID and everything, all these lockdowns, we couldn't do anything. So I thought, I thought, you know what? 30 years and counting. I'm not done yet. <laughs> You've good. released 17 albums, which is incredible. Not because, bad, isn't it? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to have a lot more, maybe okay. like even 30 or 50 albums. I mean. Who knows? Yeah. As long as I can sing, I will keep on going. As long as I enjoy singing, I will keep on going. Anything you want to add? All the listeners of your podcast. First of all, a happy new year, a great new year, a better new year. And uh, hopefully I will be in the States somewhere to see you. And I'm sure I will enjoy being there. So till then, keep safe. Love you. Bye. All right, my dear. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. And, um, Good luck, and hopefully we'll see each other in Florida. Yeah. Okay, dear. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Just want to thank the lovely and talented Laura Fiji for joining me. And up next, I'm going to play some music from her after this short break. Hi, I'm Laura Fiji, and you're listening to Hitting the High Note. Hello, all my listeners out there. If you thought... Laura Fiji was a spectacular guest. Wait until you hear her lovely voice. I'm going to be playing four songs for you from Laura. The first one is Our Day Will Come.
That was Our Day Will Come from Laura's 2016 album, Jazz Love. Next, I'm going to be playing a French song from her 2007 album, Rendezvous. This is C'est C'est Bon. C'est si bon de partir n'importe où Bras dessus, bras dessous En chantant des chansons C'est si bon De se dire des moutons Des petits rien du tout Mais qui en disant long En voyant Dans la rue, nous envie. C'est si bon de guetter dans ses yeux un espoir merveilleux. Tellement, tellement c'est bon 
up a bit with a little Latin flair. This is Laura Fiji's Amore from her 2000 album The Latin Touch. album the latin touch this next song is in mandarin chinese this is from laura's album flower this is the song 
Lover's Tears. song lovers tears from laura's 2012 album flower well i have some good news for you i have decided to play a bonus song <laughs> this bonus song happens to be one of my all-time favorite 80s songs from 
one of my favorite bands, the Bengals. And I really love how Laura puts her own spin on this classic song. This is Laura's rendition of Eternal Flame from her album, Turn Out the Lamplight. Close your eyes, 
That was Eternal Flame from Laura's 1995 album, Turn Out the Lamplight. Hope you all enjoyed this special episode of Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kevin Cusack. Happy New Year and much love. Until next time, stay blessed. Yeah.